Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Hour number two of the Blitz here on a Wednesday afternoon, rocking and rolling. Thanks to our buddy Matt Fargo for joining me in the previous segment. About 15 minutes from now, we're going to catch up with Brian Backo, of course, too. Our day one from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Get all his thoughts on Desmond King, Kendrick Green, and the Steelers' 53-man roster. But now, let's go to the phone lines here, get some of your reaction on this Wednesday as we are rolling into hour number two. There goes the neighborhood. Let's go out to Chicago and talk to our guy, CR. What's up, CR? What's going on, my brother? CR, sitting in Chicago. How the heck you doing today? Uh, you know, I got lots of extra elbow room here in the studio today, CR, so it's not too bad. Hello? Hey, but don't you ever forget that you know the ride is on on Wednesday. Just I know it. I know it. Hey, hey, just, just because the name ain't there, don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> hey, well, we, so, hey, we, we always we always survive together, right, CR? Yeah, you know, you know, you know, we got you back. So, hey, but there's so many things going on. First, well, uh, the upcoming was absolutely. And then why people talking about preseason, preseason. But preseason is like, you know, we got this 1933 uh, original production uh, vehicle from. So every year we have to, uh, you know, tear the engine down, you know, get the new parts. We get cool. the parts from the NFL. Uh, we get the all those stuff. We got to retune it, put our new parts together, our old parts together, and see what it does. And so we, we went out to different tracks this year. And I think we did pretty good overall. So, um, so preseason is, is meant to be. So, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting into this thing here, um, as far as this, uh, the, the, the con man, hey, man, the con man, is <laughs> he's, he's something else. That idea, his concept, the way he maneuvers and works and does the thing. Grooming for this here for about 20 years. Now that he's in the driver's seat, Giving him the, the 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 green flag, and of course he's tying that in with with the coach. Uh, they got a lot of good things going on. Comment. 
Yeah, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right, CR. It's I tell you what, it has, you know, we talked a lot about new era of Steelers football this time last year, right? You know, you say goodbye to Ben Roethlisberger after 18 years. You say goodbye to Kevin Colbert after 20-some years. It, it really, uh, you know, when you lose your, your decade-long GM, who's got a really good chance to be in the Hall of Fame one day, when you lose your decade-long quarterback, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, um, it, there's always going to be uh, a new breath of life or just fresh air maybe the best way to put it in the organization and that's what we're seeing from Omar Khan you know to me CR it's the classic there's more than one ways to skin a cat right because the, the, the way that Steelers did business under Kevin Colbert clearly worked I mean Kevin Colbert had one losing season as a GM uh, from Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin uh, winning Super Bowls with different head coaches going to Super Bowls with different head coaches uh, the Steelers had a ton of success they had the ultimate success multiple times under Kevin Colbert uh, you know he said that in his farewell um, kind of uh, media availability Kevin Colbert did after the draft last year. You know, when I got here to Pittsburgh, there were four Lombardi trophies in the hallway. I knew what the task was, and I'm, I'm proud now that there's six uh, when, when I'm leaving here and turning this thing over. Omar Khan, mm-hmm. though, right, again, more than one way to skin a cat. I think he is a little more – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, maybe just – modern, I guess, with his approach. And I don't mean that as a bad thing with Kevin Colbert, again, because I'm going to keep talking about skinning this cat. There's more than one ways to have success in the National Football League. Uh, You can do it building through the draft and kind of that traditional route. You can do it being more aggressive. We've seen this both ways, right? Um, Teams like the Kansas City Chiefs have had a lot of success recently uh, with a more traditional approach as well, too. Teams like, uh, like the Eagles and the Niners have been a little more aggressive and have had success as well, too. The L.A. Rams, right, winning a Super Bowl in Sean McVay and how aggressive they are uh, with some of these things. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a couple ways to get it done. And Omar Khan, I think, is, again, he's a little more modern, maybe a little more progressive, a little more aggressive maybe is the word I'm looking for in that regard. Uh, and I love what we're seeing so far. He's moving up in the draft. He's wheeling and dealing for picks. He's making uh, a lot of aggressive moves in free agency. It's clear that him and Andy Weidel, they wanted to retool the trenches on both sides of the football for this team. And they've done that uh, in just, what, two off seasons here now. So yeah, it's exciting, CR. It is because – you know, that's not something we, we haven't had a lot of big storylines to talk about usually this time of year for the Steelers. Right. I mean, six years ago, they signed Joe Hayden and it was like, oh, my gosh, this never happens. Now it seems like something like that is happening just about every single week. So uh, hats off to Omar Khan. I think he has uh, positioned this team with a very good roster, a very deep roster. You know, we could talk about the high end talent. Um you know, does it compare to when the Steelers had Ben and Bell and Brown and Pouncey and DeCastro and Shazier, right? Um, but in terms of depth, man, I think this is the most well, the, yeah, most well-rounded roster the Steelers have had in a while. Man, that was then, but this is now. Now, hey, That's I got right. three things real quick. This is the rookie revolution. Hey, Steelers, what's going here? On, I'm talking about three specific. C O C are you there? You're breaking you, you breaking up on me. You still there? Okay, hang, hang, hang on. Let, let me just change uh, change, change volume. <laughs> get your get your, um, an, get your antenna dialed in correctly there, you know. <laughs> you all right? We got gotcha? you. Oh, go. No. For twenty for twenty twenty three on offense, number eighty, tight end. Uh, Don, uh Donnell, Darnell AKA yep. the towering inferno, Washington. On defense, number 51, linebacker, Nick, a.k.a. the Tasmanian Devil, Herbig. 
<laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I like me some some JP some JPJ, but Herbert is going to be somebody to be reckoned with. And finally, on special teams, number nineteen, wide receiver Calvin, aka BP, the Roadrunner, <laughs> Austin the Third. Those are the three people that the Steeler Nation needs to have their antennas up for this year because they weren't expected to be in the position they are and the things they're going to be capable of doing to support this team and take this team to the next level, I believe to be true. Comments. Now, CR, you're right. It's an exciting rookie class. I think particularly when it feels like you hit on guys later, like Washington and Herbig. And then, right, when you add the bonus of Calvin Austin, you know, technically he was a rookie last year, but we barely saw him at all with that injury. Didn't see him in stadium. Uh, throwing him into the mix as well, too. It's like an added bonus this year. Yeah, a lot of uh, lot of reasons to be excited about that class, I think, for this year, 2023. And then, obviously, what they, what they can build and develop into going forward. CR, got to get to some more callers here, partner, but uh, great stuff. Good catching up with you. All right, brother. In the meantime, and in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Who? Who? There is CR, Steeler Nation Chicago, laying it down as always. Let's get one more in here before we go to break. Our buddy Juan down in South Carolina. What's up, Juan? Juan, you there, partner? Can you hear me, buddy? I got you. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? Oh my God! How you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic, buddy. How about you? Hey, I'm doing good. Hey, hey I like the um, 53 roster. Um, the surprise move was um, we got to pick up this morning with the cornerback, so I like that. Yeah, that Desmond King. The yeah. The calling orders are still smoking, so I like that. <laughs> hey, we're going to remember to give you credit, Juan. You know, you're the one. You came up with that con artist uh, back back with Stan, uh, what, over a year ago. So I, I love it. No, it's like I was saying with CR, it's, it's hard not to be excited because it's just it's something we're not traditionally used to the Steelers um, being hyper-aggressive in, in the offseason and in the draft and in free agency and, and, and wheeling and dealing with a couple trades as well, too. Those things happen in the in the past, certainly. Maybe just not as uh, as, as often as they're happening with, with the con artists. So, yeah, I, I tell you what, he is a popular man around town and around Steeler Nation right now, Juan. Yeah, so like, like I keep telling everybody, this season here is going to be a good season. I'm thinking we're going to surprise a lot of teams and like I said, the other day with you guys, you heard it first. We're gonna get, we're gonna whoop those Niners, and don't forget they, they, they might not have Joey Bosa, so that's still giving us an upper hand. Yeah, you know, I, I was looking at that earlier today, and it seems like they're optimistic they're gonna be able to get him signed this week, and that he might, you know, be ready to go week one, but. I can't imagine he's not going to be, you know, the Bosa that we saw last season when he hasn't pra- obviously he's doing stuff on his own, but as anybody could tell you, uh, TJ Watt who went through this with the Steelers a couple years ago can tell you it's not the same as the in-stadium reps, it's not the same as training camp. And so while I think Bosa, you know, if they get him signed this week and he has a couple practices next week and plays on Sunday, yeah, sure, he'll be a factor. He's that talented, but I don't think you're going to get the again the reigning defensive player of the year version. And you know what, Juan, that's just fine by us we'll take it yes sir all right buddy i'll let you go i know you got more callers to get to you working by yourself so go ahead and do your thing well thanks partner i appreciate you calling in Juan, and uh and t- chatting with me here for a few minutes we do have to run because when we get back on the other side brian back the post gazette's going to join us we'll talk a little desmond king some wheeling and dealing trades by the con artist and uh and mr backo's thoughts on this 53 man roster i'm wesley euler you're listening to the steelers blitz on snr
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Back on the Blitz here, just Euler on a Wednesday. But as always, you guys know I bring some friends with me when Motsi is out. Uh, one of those friends, he's our day one. You guys know him if you've been listening to this show. Heading into our uh, sixth year of this program, which is pretty crazy. Program, pardon me. And uh, one of those mainstays throughout the Steelers Blitz history has been our buddy Brian Bacco of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Was just down on the south side wrapping up practice. And Mr. Bacco, do we have any official word on Desmond King yet? I mean, I know we all are kind of just waiting, right? But the Steelers have not made that officially official yet, correct? No, no, I cannot confirm the existence of one Desmond King. Whereabouts unknown, but uh, yeah, obviously it was widely reported, including by my uh, beat partner at the Post Gazette, Jerry Dulac, that Steelers are getting in with uh, the the 28 year old corner who's played inside, he's played outside, has been an All Pro return man, adding some some valuable depth and experience and talent to the secondary. No, absolutely. So so let's stay there for a second. Um, you know, I. Well, let me ask you this first. You know, coming out of training camp, post preseason, now where we kind of have this two week period to to breathe and assess everything that we've seen so far before you get ready for the real thing. You know, Motes and I talked about this on Monday that it just felt like the maybe the one position group that you weren't um, com- supremely confident in the depth and the options they have there might have been that cornerback room. Uh, now with Desmond King's addition there, like you mentioned, a guy who's played inside, outside, uh, has a handful of interceptions, handful of sacks, forced fumbles, tangible splash in his NFL career. Uh, how are we feeling about that position group here uh, You know, on Wednesday afternoon now that by all reports it's been, uh, it's been upgraded? Yeah, I, I definitely feel better uh, about it bringing in a guy with King's resume and that that i think was the big concern was you know you're 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 kind of taking a little bit of a leap of faith in a few ways with with the corners this year right number one uh joey porter jr is is he going to be ready from day one i you know he looks the part but it's it's a little bit different ball game when you get out there in the deep end in the regular season and it's sink or swim On, on the other end of the spectrum patrick peterson you know mentally he's there he's been through the grind uh you know year 13 but Physically, are you concerned about him falling off at, at age 33? I don't know. Um, you know, Chandon Sullivan at the inside corner, who, who I think kind of won that job over Elijah Riley, although Riley's sticking around, uh, is, is he going to be somebody who's better in coverage maybe than he was uh, last season with, with Minnesota? So it's, it's a lot of uh, ifs there, and obviously adding King to the mix, you, you shore things up a little bit, and you probably don't have to rely on someone who, who's been more of a special team's contributor than anybody who's had meaningful good reps at corner in James Pierre yeah I'm with you there there's there's the talent in that room certainly right but you as you laid it out there a lot of questions we all know Patrick Peterson's resume a guy who uh, could very well be destined for Canton one day but he's a little bit longer in the tooth at this point in his career. Joey Porter Jr., we see the upside, we see the potential there, but he's still a rookie at a position that's very hard to kind of hit the ground running and and grasp as a rookie. So let me ask you this. You know, when we look up maybe mid-October, around the bye week time, right, when the Steelers have four or five games under their belt already, what do you think is the ideal way for this secondary to shake out? Because we've seen some of Patrick Peterson on the outside. We've seen him bump inside when Joey Porter Jr. is out there. Now with Desmond King into the fold, what do you think is kind of their 
you know, as Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin and, and company kind of sit around and scheme this up, what do you think is their ideal scenario for kind of the, the division of labor amongst those guys? I think ideally your your 32nd overall pick is, is ready to hit the ground running and, you know, your defense can rely on him and, and he can also rely on the vets in the room and learn learn on the job while also being very good at the job. That's That's probably going to give you the highest ceiling over the course of an entire season. But, you know, failing that, um, you know, yeah, Patrick Peterson, I think, is still a little bit of a chess piece in, in that way. I mean, maybe he's best suited for a, you know, the coverage type of nickel role, but he didn't get a ton of chances to do that in preseason action. So you're, you're you know, you're going in a little bit blind there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely have a lot of options. And as far as that slot role goes, I think that's going to be very dependent on what an offense throws at you. The safeties is going to be dependent on, on what an offense throws at you. Early downs, Keanu Neal in there helping to stop the run. Uh, passing downs, Demonte KZ using his ball skills to, to you know, maybe get a pick here or break up there. So they've, they've just got a lot of answers that they can throw at opposing offenses. So I think the, the ideal scenario is that you've got not a starting 11, but you've got 18 or 19 players throughout mm. the defense that you feel are, are capable of of playing uh, on, on high leverage downs. Yeah, and gets back to that kind of the depth that we've been championing about this team. And I think you're absolutely right, and we all know, too, it's the National Football League. It's not if, it's a matter of when. You're going to have some injuries pile up as well, too. So, yeah, yeah you don't need 11 starters. You, you need a handful more than that. And it appears uh, the Steelers uh, might have that solved here heading into the regular season. Brian Bacco of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette with us here on the Steelers Blitz on SNR and on 970 ESPN. Mr. Bacco, I... You know, I didn't want to ask you the low-hanging fruit question of, all right, the 53-man roster is out, and what's the biggest surprise or takeaway? Because I think it would have probably been, wow, they kept two punters. But that's not the case anymore now um, that we got the news uh, about Braden Mann being waived. So maybe I don't feel quite as uh, stereotypical asking this now, but your biggest takeaway or maybe surprise with the 53, was it Zach Gentry? Was it Trey Norwood? Was it something else? Anything stand out to you there now that we've had a little bit of time to digest? I think everything pretty much worked out the, the way that I expected. If, if there was any cut that may have surprised me a little bit, I thought Trey Norwood was somebody who you know was able to play catch up after his calf injury in camp, and it just that they kind of felt good enough with his body of work and his versatility that he would stick. But I, I'm going to assume in the end that it was probably Elijah Riley who got the nod over uh, Norwood because they can do a lot of similar things. So that was one just because he has played a, a – significant at times role yeah. in the defense through his first two seasons. But now um, I'm guessing if, if possible, they would love to probably sign him back to the practice squad. So that was a, a mild surprise to me. Uh, everything else, yeah, kind, kind of as I anticipated because you, know, you, you like your receiver depth and, and you, know, you like Miles Boykin. Gunnar Oshesky, I'll say this much, like maybe some people listening right now, and I know people who tweet me, don't understand what the Steelers like about Gunnar Osheski, but he's, you know, Mike Tomlin said it in Latrobe, he's just a football player. Like, he's a football player first and a receiver second, and sometimes that's a cliche, but with him, it rings true because, yes, he can be a pass catcher who helps you in a pinch if need be. He has Kenny Pickett's ear. They have a good rapport, even if they haven't done it in, in real games, but he can return, too. We know he lost his job doing that last year on punts to Steven Sims, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess that the Steelers would give him another chance if needed. He can run down in coverage and tackle guys. Like, he's so 
really willing to do whatever, and I think that's how you stick around on the 53-man roster, even when you're not the biggest, you're not the fastest, and you haven't had much of a role on offense at this point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just a couple more minutes here with our buddy Brian Bacco of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Some some wheeling and dealing done by Omar Khan here since we last spoke. Uh, Kevin Dotson off to L.A. for some some swapping of some later-round draft picks there. Kendrick Green yesterday uh, heading to Texas for a sixth-round pick in 2025. Um, and, you know, listen, I, I know a lot of people, there, there's been palpable, I think, overreaction to this, right? Like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe what Omar Khan and company did. Look, they got draft picks for this. There's context to everything, right? I mean, the Houston Texans have had three offensive linemen injured in the last couple weeks. They're just kind of desperate for a versatile guy there. And in their mind, I'm sure they're looking at it and they're saying, you know, we can get a guy who can play center and guard and we don't have to give up a a pick until 2025, a sixth rounder to get him. But at the same time, I think it's it's impressive – um, roster management by the Steelers and just how they rebuilt those trenches. I mean, really overhauled the offensive line. And at a position group around the league, Mr. Backo, where most teams in the NFL are looking for help, uh, the Steelers had some surplus to their requirements there and were able to stockpile some draft picks because of it. Man, my favorite one to, to feed into the uh, what you were just saying there, the, the trope, if you will, is like, the Steelers coaches better not screw this up with all these great moves the front office has made. I'm like, yeah, Mike Tomlin's going to make great use of that 2025 sixth-round pick this year in place of Kendrick Green. But, no, I mean, the truth in it is just that, yes, this, uh, you know, this regime is making shrewd, calculated, analytical-minded moves, I think, in a lot of ways. They are, you know, willing to kind of move on from some mistakes in evaluation or development, and, and that's exactly what happened with Kendrick Green. Um, I think it's just really basically every move made by Omar Khan has given fans reason for optimism and reason to be encouraged with him at the helm of the front office. And it all sounds good now. Maybe we'll get into September, and, and some of the additions <laughs> will you know not be worth what, what we thought they were, but at least on paper, it's, it's hard to poke many holes in his approach this offseason and yeah extracting value in places where maybe we thought there were none and it also helps when you feel like maybe you found a couple diamonds in the rough at the bottom of your offensive line with guys like Spencer Anderson and Dylan Cook who are far from big names but all they've been willing to do throughout the summer is play anywhere they're asked to go do their job don't miss assignments and wear many hats on the O-line and that's something that Kevin Dotson, you know, was not his strong suit. And for Kendrick Green, you know, in theory it should have been, but we know that his his work at center was below the line, and clearly the Steelers saw that as well. Oh, it's always interesting. You're, you're right on Omar Khan, though. It, it is funny. I mean, other than winning a Super Bowl, I, I don't know if he'll ever be more popular than he is right now. He is getting some love from the Steeler Nation, that is for you're sure. Ready rating is high very high very high right now i mean i tell you what if he was in a presidential election he'd be blowing the doors off of everybody right but we gotta wait and see what happens when the policy is are are all instated and everything and we get into this uh brian back with the post gazette kind enough to give us some time here on a wednesday buddy before i let you go one more question it is the uh final weekend here before steelers football gets kicking in and you and i are uh you know basically our weekends are spoken for till sometime in january and february so i just gotta ask Holiday weekend, last weekend of freedom, weather report looks great. But what do you what do you got on the docket for this last weekend of freedom? Oh, that's a good question, Wes. I uh I think Friday 
I'm going to basically try to spread myself thin and see friends, both sides of the family, like, like you said, kind of get it all uh, accounted for, get all my ducks in a row before, yeah, every Sunday is spent yep. in a press box. So I, I'm hoping I can do that. I, I wouldn't mind going down to the act on Saturday to see uh, to see the boys from Pitt. I know they're going to wipe it up yeah, with big, Wofford. Big one against Wofford, huh? <laughs> I want to see Phil Dracovic, the local guy, his first start for Pitt at quarterback in, in his only season. Maybe I'll even take uh, take the little guy there, although my three-and-a-half-year-old says he was just telling me the other day that he likes the Pirates. He, he doesn't like the Steelers and Pitt. I think he Uh-oh. just meant he doesn't like going to – I think he just meant he's never been to their games. So maybe we'll have to change that. Well, you gotta you gotta get his Acrisure Stadium baptism, and I tell you what, a nice uh, afternoon beating up on Wofford might be the best way to do so. Brian Backo, make sure you're checking out his work in the Post Gazette. He does not do cap. He has not changed his number since the seventh grade. He knows how to leave a tender moment alone. All those different things, buddy. Thank you for your time. Enjoy the long weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely, Wes. Talk to you then, man. Our day one, our original good friend of the show, Mister Brian Backo. Great stuff from him. As always, as he uh, was just leaving the south side down there, Mike Tomlin uh, just spoke briefly to the media as well, too. So we'll get you updated on some final moving and shaking housekeeping items here on a Wednesday afternoon when we come back for our final segment. We've also got a bunch of tweets that I will answer here as well. So final chance to get involved with this program today. 412-919-1316. 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. Or you could just join us in 2023, and you can send me a tweet at Wesley Euler. We'll wrap up the show with your reactions on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment of the Blitz here, solo on a Wednesday on SNR and ESPN 970. Simulcast, our first week of being simulcast here. Ah, Big deal, huh? Getting the phone calls, getting the reaction. Gotta love it. It's been a fun show today. Motsi will be back with us on Friday. Plenty to get into as we head into the final um, week without NFL football for a long, long time. I'm obviously jacked up. Uh, I'm sure we're picking up some new listeners along the way. It's a new season, right? We're also simulcast on 970 now as well, too. Uh, I love college. I mean, I love the NFL, obviously. That's what I do for a living. I wouldn't be, uh, you know, trying to have this job and this career if I didn't love the NFL as well, too. But college football is my jam. I love college football. I'm a WVU season ticket holder. Like, it's the most bizarre reality ever that the NFL controls my life six days a week. And on the one day that it doesn't, I'm driving 90 minutes down to Morgantown to go watch more football. But I love college football. Uh, excited for this weekend. Yes, I think my Mountaineers are going to go out to Happy Valley and probably get smoked by the Nittany Lions. I don't think it's going to be a very good year for us, but I'm still happy to have college football back. Uh, some juicy games on Saturday night. WVU and Penn State is an intriguing one just from a uh, program standpoint, a name standpoint, right? Two border states that haven't played since 1992. I just hope it's still a game in the fourth quarter. But you got LSU and Florida State, uh, a top 10 matchup to kick off the season as well, too, on Saturday. Some other really good games in there as well. So uh, I'll enjoy this kind of college football only weekend as we uh, get ready for 
Of course, the National Football League coming back uh, beginning Thursday with the Chiefs and the Lions. And then, of course, Sunday, Steelers, Niners, 1 p.m., Ackershire Stadium. First time the Steelers have had a uh, season opener at home in darn near a decade. So it's going to be a jacked-up crowd there at Ackershire, I'm sure. Uh, speaking of which, we talked about some of that versatility with, with Desmond King, a guy who started primarily as a slot corner uh, when he was with the Chargers and a, and a special teams guru who has had a very well-rounded uh, skill set last year with uh, – or pardon me, not last year. This is this is not last year. This is for his, uh, you know, for his or no, sorry, I'm 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 all discombobulated here. This is last year, just last year with the Houston Texans. Desmond King uh, played 334 snaps in the slot, 505 snaps outside. So, a pretty versatile skill set there. I mean, clearly he had a a a, a larger. A chunk of that outside. That was not necessarily how it was for him before he got to Houston. Who knows? Maybe that's part of him being released as well, too. Maybe he wanted to go somewhere where, uh, you know, that they would just use him in where he feels he's suited best. Uh, who knows? But just a little bit more to that picture, that snapshot there uh, for you of just the versatility and the skill set that Desmond King brings. Uh, to him, uh, with him to Pittsburgh. Of course, not official yet, by but by uh, all intents and purposes, the Steelers now with only 52 on the active roster, making a, an extra spot, and uh, a lot of credible reports from ESPN and the NFL Network and, and our local Steelers coverage here as well, too, that Desmond King will be a Pittsburgh Steeler. couple updates uh, for some ex-Pittsburgh Steelers, those who were released by the team yesterday. Uh, a good majority of them have cleared waivers and are available, like we discussed, some of them coming back to the practice squad. Braden Fiocco so far uh, added to the Steelers practice squad. Tanner Muse did not clear waivers. He is now an L.A. Charger. So uh, another potential um, you know, or another former Steeler, I should say, heading out there to L.A. The Steelers, of course, will play the Rams, not the Chargers this season. But Tanner Muse did not clear waivers. He has been picked up by the Chargers. And Zavavian Valade is also uh, been signed. The running back who was with the Steelers in training camp has been signed, has been added to the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets practice squad as well, too. So a little update there for you with some more of the moving and shaking that has happened uh, with the Steelers or former Steelers, I should say, that were released uh, about 20 hours ago. So we will continue. If I see anything come across the ticker here in these last few minutes, um, I will keep you updated. But that's kind of the uh, the snapshot that we have here as of now. Let's get to some of your tweets as we close this thing on Dan. Me tweets us. Me, of course, is always with his three-pack of questions. Dr. Westman, let's go. Number one, will each player in the wide receiver group get enough passes this year, or we're going to have some disgruntled wide receivers hungry for the ball? <laughs> now, that's a great question, me, because, you know, when you feel really good about your skill position options, we obviously know the other side of that is you got a lot of mouths to feed. We know the Steelers want to run the football. Najee Harris is going to be the bell cow, but Jalen Warren had over 100 touches last year. I would expect him to have that – uh, same number, maybe even a little bit more. Maybe he gets closer to 150 this year. So there, those two that you know are going to be involved. Pat Fryermuth as well, too, obviously. Connor Hayward and Mount Washington are both going to have roles to play. And then you've got your wide receivers. Of course, uh, the veteran and Deontay Johnson, the newly signed veteran and Allen Robinson, the uh, sophomore who's looking to really take off in year two and George Pickens, and then some talented guys behind them like Calvin Austin who will play a role as well, too. 
I hope not. I mean, this is one of those things you never know until it happens, right? I, 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 I'm I pretty confident in saying that Deontay Johnson is not going to go poo-poo face on us at any point because I think, you know, last year, you know, for his standard was not the type of year he wanted to have. Everybody knows that stat, right? Deontay Johnson didn't score a touchdown last season. So if he was going to pitch a fit about not getting enough targets or anything like that, I think that that might have happened already or at least there would have been some um, some discussions there in the offseason. George Pickens, we all know, is a guy who wants the ball. He feels like he's always open. He thinks he's the best receiver in the league, all these different things. He's got confidence in in bags of confidence, right? I mean, you open this guy's closet and he's got confidence hanging on the coat, hanging on the coat rack. Um, but again, I, I, we're not going to know this until, until we see it. Hopefully the Steelers offense, they all take a big step forward. Kenny Pickett, uh, the Steelers are able to run the ball successfully where we know they want this offense to begin. And that leads to Kenny Pickett and company being able to have a lot of opportunities, uh, off play action and taking different shots downfield and all these different things. And everybody's happy. So I hope the answer is no, me. Uh, obviously, we're, we're never going to know, and that's part of what makes these guys professionals and competitors, right? They all want the ball. They all want to be involved. But let's hope that there's a uh, a fair delegation of touches and labor there this year at the wide receiver position where there are a lot of mouths to feed there and elsewhere on that offense. Number two, any streaming show recommendations for me and wifey? Ooh, now you're speaking my language, me. Um I just finished watching the four-part Conor McGregor documentary on Netflix. Really enjoyed that. Recommended if you're an MMA guy. Uh, my wife and I just recently watched the the two seasons of The Bear, which is um, a show about a kitchen in Chicago. It's like a drama comedy show about a kitchen in Chicago that's on Hulu. It is fantastic. I highly recommend. Uh, Ahsoka just started as well, too. If you're into Star Wars, uh, Ahsoka is now three episodes deep on Disney+. Plus. So that's kind of... What I've been on lately. Oh, I also watched uh, Swamp Kings on Netflix, the uh, the Urban Meyer Florida Gators documentary. It wasn't as juicy and as drama filled, I think, as we all wanted, but still worth your time if you're if you're a college football fan. And ooh, me, you'll like this one. I also watched uh, on the airplane ride to and from Tampa Bay a couple weeks ago the American Gladiators. There's a four part American Gladiators documentary on Netflix. Netflix is really pumping out these sports docs lately. I love it. Uh, four part American Gladiators documentary on Netflix as well too. I'm not going to tell you that I was some massive American Gladiators fan, but I remembered it from growing up in my childhood and it being a big deal in the 90s. And the documentary was really it's just like four like 40 minute episodes, you know, so in all in total, it's, you know, probably only three hours long, something like that. You could get through it in a, in a couple nights. Um, there's some recommendations. I hope one of those works for you and is something that you haven't watched already. And number three from me is the meatball sub undefeated. It is, it's underrated. It's undefeated. Never lost. Although, I mean, to be fair, I haven't seen it go head to head with a chicken parm sandwich. Might lose that one. Haven't seen it go to head-to-head with a classic Italian sandwich. Might lose that one. But the meatball sub is underappreciated. The meatball sub is our Mike Hilton, you know? Just great, fantastic, maybe underrated by some other people. And then when it's gone, you didn't realize how good you had it at the time. I love a good meatball sub. Steel City Reese tweets us and says, First, I got to say salute to the con artist and Mike Tomlin and company for snatching up Desmond King because it seems like that secondary is going to look nasty. Secondly, do you think the Steelers are done? Whoo. I thought the move was going to be adding a piece to that secondary. So if I'm going to be consistent with what I've, you know, kind of been my thought process over the last couple weeks, I would say yes. 
But with what we've seen from the con artist and this aggressive Steelers front office and Andy Weidel and Mike Tomlin and company, I like how that's sticking on with everybody. I've been throwing that that and company thing on there for a few months now. I like how that's starting to grow. Uh, I would not want to bet against them making another move. But I tell you what, they have done some moving and shaking already. But you never know. There could be somebody else out there that they're targeting. Um, there may be some more minor things like some additions to the practice squad and stuff like that. But I tell you what, until the trade deadline is uh, is over, um, what sometime at the the end of October, I think it is. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't bet on uh, Tomlin, Khan, and company uh, being done anytime soon. Uh, speaking of Ahsoka, our buddy Rod Dalla tweets me and says, "Have you watched the new episode of Ahsoka yet?" You're darn right. I stayed up last night and watched it, Rod. And now I know it comes out at nine o'clock, which isn't exactly staying up late. But when you're me, it is, all right? I mean, I got two girls under the age of two. They're waking me up early every morning. They're waking up in the middle of the night. So staying up till 10 o'clock to watch Ahsoka is late for me. But, oh, yeah, I see the first three episodes. I love it. I think it's a little bit uh, like Bubba Fett and like Obi-Wan, you know, some of the other Star Wars spinoff series. Uh, the, the first couple episodes, there's some there's some action there to sink your teeth into, but they're kind of building that storyline at the same time. And I uh, have enjoyed it so far, and I got a feeling like the second half of this first season is going to be really interesting. And we got to get Anakin in there at some point, right? Steeler Rocker, our buddy Jay in New Hampshire, tweets me, In New Hampshire! Assuming nothing changes and Gentry isn't back with the team, if you had to choose two former players to start another podcast with, who would they be? Well, I tell you what, I will miss grilling and chilling with uh, with Gentry and Pat Fryermuth. Those two, just great kind of deadpan chemistry back and forth. It was always hilarious to watch that. Former players. All right, I'm going to cheat here. Uh, one of them is going to be Mike Logan, of course, Super Bowl champion with the Steelers in 2005. He's on with us every year during training camp. I love Mike Logan. He's articulate. He knows the team. He's done radio in the past, and he's a WVU guy. So I got to sneak him in there for that regard, right? The other, oh, man, I think Santonio Holmes would be a lot of fun, you know, with Moats and I. Santonio, kind of same age as us. Another guy who's who's elaborate and talkative and does media stuff. Brian McFadden would be another great one. Oh, I got it. I got it. Here we go. My answer, Mike Logan on the defensive side of the football right and Chris Hoke on the offensive side of the football. How about, well, actually not because he's on the defensive side of the football as well too. I just confused myself there. But Hokey bro, another one. I'm kind of just going off of the guys that I've been around or done media availability for. So we'll load up. You know, I do a show with a linebacker. We'll add the former defensive lineman. We'll add the former safety as well, too. Mike Logan, Chris Hoke. Again, both of those guys do this for a living or have done this for a living. They're articulate. They're great interviews. And they're they're kind of, you know, funny guys that I think would fit with Moats and I in that regard as well, too. So I'll go Hoke. I'll go Logan. Final one here, Steeler Nation 920. Is there a food that you hate that everyone else loves. Mine is ketchup, Steeler Nation 920s. Oh, no. Tyler, don't say that when you come down here to Pittsburgh. Um, All right, you ready for this? I'm going to pivot here a little bit. I'm going to make some enemies. It's not exactly a food. I'm not a big fan of Icy Light. Oh, I said it. Oh, no. I just said it. If Icy Light wasn't from Pittsburgh, I wouldn't have the time of day for it. I'm sorry. In terms of foods, not really. I'm not a picky eater. I like most stuff. Um... I, I really do. I have a palate for most, so <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Icy Light there if you want a little honesty. Best buffet in Pittsburgh. Ooh, Grand Concourse Brunch Buffet on Sundays, without a doubt. And how many cases of Spotted Cow do you want? Ooh, buddy. I mean, at least one, maybe two if you've got the room. All right, D- DM me, Tyler. We'll talk about it. 
Um, is Spotted Cow, of course, the fantastic beer that you can only get in Wisconsin. And Tyler uh, driving down from Wisconsin for the home opener. Yeah, we, we got to link up and to get me some Spotted Cow because it's been too long since I've had that sweet nectar of the gods. That'll do it for me today. Motsi will be back on Friday. Thanks to everybody who, uh, who helped me out here as always. I know you guys always have my back with the participation. Whenever I'm riding solo, it does not go unnoticed. It is appreciated. Thanks to Matt Fargo and Brian Backo for joining me as well, too. Take care. Everybody enjoy the rest of the day, and we'll talk to you guys on Friday. As always, you know where to find us. Now on 970 ESPN and on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss in the land of saints and sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.